Hey everyone, it's Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, Biblical Encouragement for Women of All Ages. This week we're going to be talking about what it means to become a woman of valor. Now in other podcasts we've talked about overcoming fear, but what does it mean not to just overcome fear, but to really be proactive and really be offensive in your spiritual life rather than constantly being defensive. I know a lot of years of my life, I felt like I was always on the defensive. I was always sort of wondering, you know, how I was going to be hit with uh, a challenge or a trial and how I was going to walk through it and handle it. And then God really began to speak to me about becoming stronger in my understanding of spiritual warfare and my calling so that I was not always on the defensive, but I could actually be offensive, meaning that I could be the one to go after souls around me and really proactively build the kingdom of God and not just constantly be fending off attacks from the enemy. But how do you make that transition? Because I think so many of us live our Christian lives on the defensive instead of really um, being offensive, really being forward thinking, and how can I really really be a vessel, really be God's hands and feet in my in my life and in the world around me because we're so consumed with um, our own issues and our own problems. There are several stories in Christian history that have really inspired me that have really displayed that valor quality in women. And I think it can be really misunderstood. We, we look at this idea of women being strong, and that's a trendy message today. It's like, oh, you know, awaken your inner lioness or whatever, you know, be this strong, um, unbending woman, be your own person kind of thing. But really, true valor in the heavenly sense just has nothing to do with um, a woman's individual strength and her decision of will to just not let things get to her or um, not let anybody tell her what she can be and having this attitude really to be a woman of valor according to God's pattern is to allow his amazing strength to be seen through her life. And that only happens when we get out of of the way and we put our own agenda aside and we're humble and we're yielded and we're surrendered. So it's really the opposite of that I am woman, hear me roar message that has been going on for multiple generations. But there are several examples in Christian history that I look to that are just so inspiring. One is Mary Slessor, who was a missionary to Africa quite a few generations ago, and the conditions were extremely difficult. She would thrive where other missionaries couldn't even survive. And there was a scene in her biography that just always stands out to me where she confronted a tribal warrior. He was about to scald a woman in the tribe for just a minor infraction of the tribe's laws. And Uh, He had this ladle of hot oil and he had all this war paint on and he was dancing around this woman who was chained and on the ground. And Mary Slessor ran and stood between this warrior and this woman and locked eyes with him. And he was furious that someone was going to interfere with tribal justice. And he started to inch his way closer to Mary and and swish this ladle of hot oil around and get it really close to her face. But she would not back down. She stood her ground. She stood unbending, unmoving. And finally, he, in disgust, just threw down the hot oil and, and stalked away. And all of the people that were watching were so blown away that this woman had that kind of strength to stand against 
the fiercest, most intimidating warrior that they had in their tribe. And even at the risk of her own life, she put herself in between this woman and this man who wanted to harm this woman. And they began to really question, maybe there's a power greater than our superstition and our witchcraft. And so it was really an inroads for the gospel. Now, that was not her strength. She was a a short little... um, Scottish woman who really didn't have a lot of background or education or preparation to be doing that kind of work. And yet, because she was so yielded to God, she was so surrendered, she had already surrendered her life. And she didn't um, cling to her life as if, well, I need to preserve my own comforts, my own plans, my own agenda. That was why God could show his mighty strength through her so powerfully. And then I've talked about Gladys Aylward many times before on this podcast, but the moment that always stands out to me from her ministry was when she was called in to stop a riot in a men's prison in the village where she lived in China. And the guards wouldn't even go in. These these strong male guards with weapons would not even go among this prison riot because it was so dangerous and men were dying. And this little woman who wasn't even five feet tall walked in there and commanded all the men to stop, to put down their weapons, and to walk back to their cells. And they obeyed because they saw a strength and a power in her that they had never seen before. It was the power of God. Now, it's easy to hear stories like this from Christian history and be inspired, be impressed, but we so often think, I'm glad I'll never be in that situation, or that's great for her, but I could never do that. We often think that That kind of strength, that kind of valor is only for a few Christians in every generation. And I've even heard some Christians dismiss these things, these amazing things that God did through missionaries' lives as, you know, either being exaggerated or being very rare and something that nobody should really expect in everyday life. There's a man named Goldburn who had a wonderful quote. He said, The greatest Old or New Testament saints were on a level that is quite within our reach. The same spiritual power that enabled them to become our spiritual heroes is also available to us. That is quite a statement if you think about it. If you think about all of the Old or New Testament saints and the mighty things they did for the kingdom of God and to recognize it wasn't them. It was a spiritual power, the power of God working through them. And that same spiritual power is available to each one of us. And James 5.17 says that Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And so it's showing that here was a man, Elijah, who prayed for incredible, extraordinary things, that it would not rain for three years and six months. And one man's prayer, his fervent, effectual prayer, actually affected a nation that dramatically. And that same spiritual power is available to us. In Hebrews 6.12, it says, Do not become sluggish, but imitate those who, through faith and patience, inherit the promises. All throughout the Bible, we are reminded that the same spiritual power that enabled our spiritual heroes to accomplish their mighty feats is also available to us. And God also goes out of his way to make it clear that this type of valor and strength is not just an important quality of godly masculinity, but it's a key quality of godly femininity as well. We've talked about the Proverbs 31 woman in other podcasts. The chief word that marks the Proverbs 31 woman is strength. And I remember when I first studied Proverbs 31 and I read the statement, who can find a virtuous woman, I thought that meant, you know, a somber, mousy, 
quiet, unobtrusive woman who just knitted in the corner in a rocking chair. But the Proverbs 31 woman is a woman of valor. The word virtuous actually means valiant, mighty, and strong. And it's the same word that the Bible uses to describe King David and all of his mighty acts for the kingdom of God when he wrestled the bear and the lion and conquered Goliath and slew tens of thousands of the nation's fiercest enemies. So that is the same strength God desires to work within each one of us. God wants to equip us with the strength to face impossible odds and win for his glory, just like we saw in the lives of Mary Slessor and Gladys Aylward and thousands of other great believers throughout the centuries. But it's so important to realize that you cannot achieve this kind of strength or or valor by determination or willpower. A lot of Christian women are just sarcastic towards the high standards that the Bible gives us in this area, especially Proverbs 31. And they say, you know, if a woman actually tried to live that way, she'd end up burned out and exhausted. But remember, God has not called us to muster up the strength to live this impossible life on our own. If we try that, we are going to fall apart. And as I've said before, becoming a truly courageous, set-apart, brave-hearted woman does not come through striving, but only through surrender. It's when we lay down our agenda at the foot of the cross and yield to the supernatural enabling grace of God that we can live out the high calling he's placed on our lives. And that's the secret of every true Christian hero. It's not a complicated formula or a list of rules to follow. It's not a rare quality that just randomly lands on a few people in every generation. It comes from a passionate devotion to the true king in a mighty faith in a mighty God. So let's look at a few practicals. How do we begin to appropriate this kind of strength and valor in our everyday life? One of the most inspiring and key stories, I think, for this in scripture is the story of David and Goliath. There's a nuance to this story that I didn't see until just a few years ago when my husband Eric was preaching on this, but It's the concept of sprinting towards the battle, sprinting towards danger rather than retreating from it. So think about this story. Goliath was the most intimidating warrior that Israel had ever seen. He was a towering giant of fierceness. He was like this ruthless beast, and he had been built into this killing machine ever since he was a boy. And all of the soldiers in Saul's army were utterly terrified of him. The biggest or bravest Israelite would not take him on. They kept just hiding behind their battle line, trembling, and their hearts were failing them with fear. So then comes David, who is so young and inexperienced that he wasn't even invited to be at the line of battle. He came to deliver food, but he took one look at the situation and knew that God's power was so much greater than this uncircumcised Philistine. And obviously, we all know the story. We grew up with this story. But think about what David did when Saul finally agreed to allow him to fight Goliath. He ran towards the battle. Instead of shrinking back or second-guessing his decision to fight Goliath, he actually did the opposite. The Bible says that David hurried and ran to meet the Philistine in 1 Samuel 17, 48. Stop and think about that for just a minute. David ran toward the object of greatest threat and danger. If you look at the word hurried and ran in this verse, it means to sprint with liquid ferocity. That is so amazing. Like no hesitation, no fear whatsoever, just running full force right towards the danger. Now imagine a 
approaching every challenge of our lives the same way that David approached Goliath, sprinting towards each battle that we're facing with liquid ferocity. No hesitation, no self-protection, just the unflinching resolve to fight for God's glory, no matter the cost. David ran to meet Goliath. Mary Slessor rushed to the savage warrior with the boiling ladle of oil. Gladys Aylward walked straight in to this bloody prison riot. All of these men and women sprinted towards the battle. They ran towards the difficulty instead of shrinking away from this. And they did this not because they had confidence in themselves, but because they had unshakable confidence in an undefeatable God. And Proverbs 31 makes it clear that this kind of valiance is not meant for a handful of exceptional heroes throughout history. It's supposed to be the chief quality of every woman who belongs to the true king. Our natural instinct is definitely to run and hide from difficulty. We easily forget that God intends us to be spiritually offensive, not constantly defensive. He hasn't called us to cower in a corner of fear and self-protection. He wants us to boldly go where others fear to go and out of weakness to allow him to make us strong, to make us valiant in battle, and to turn to flight armies of the aliens, as it says in Hebrews 11. This may sound like an impossible calling, but we have to remember that what God calls us to, he equips us for. It wasn't David who defeated Goliath. It wasn't Mary Slessor who caused that warrior to back down. It wasn't Gladys Aylward who made those prisoners stop rioting. It was our mighty God who is altogether faithful and triumphant in every circumstance. And just as he was victorious in these situations, he desires to show himself victorious in our lives right now. So I encourage you to ask yourself, what are the battles that God has called you to sprint towards today? It could be accepting a task that intimidates you. It could be choosing to stand firmly for your faith in the midst of friends and family who are mocking you and and looking down on you. It could be believing God for a financial or a physical need that you have. It could be aggressively fighting for the salvation of souls that God has placed in your life. It could be choosing to finally conquer strongholds in your life like unforgiveness or fear through the enabling power of God. Whatever difficulties you may have been shrinking back from in your life recently, I encourage you to ask God to infuse you with a brave-hearted spirit of valor, a spirit that will cause you to sprint towards the battle with liquid ferocity and have absolute confidence in your mighty and faithful God. Now, the next practical I can give you is not just to sprint towards the battle, but to become a woman of true strength and not counterfeit strength. I mentioned earlier, there's a very strong trend, even among Christian women, about, you know, I'm a woman, I'm going to be strong, I'm going to fight for my own rights, no one's going to push me around, that kind of attitude. But we need to remember, it's possible to be a bold, confident, strong woman without really being a virtuous, godly woman of valor. We see examples of this in scripture. If you study the biblical stories of Jezebel or Herodias, the, the one who asked for John the Baptist's head on a platter, you see these angry, rebellious women. Yes, they were strong, but they were strong because they were just pushing their own agenda and ruthlessly destroying anything that stood in the way of them getting exactly what they wanted. And that's the same attitude that we see all around us in secular feminism. Women who are driven by this defiance towards God, hatred of men, and a desire to preserve their own agenda and their own wants at any cost, 
They often believe that they're fighting for a righteous cause, but in reality, they're just fighting for their own selfishness and sin. We can only expect God to equip us with true heavenly valor when our core motives and desires are in line with his. David was motivated to fight for God's glory when he stood up to Goliath. He was not fighting for his own promotion or his own agenda. Mary Slessor was driven by love for the woman who was about to be cruelly tortured. Gladys Aylward was moved with compassion for the prisoners and a desire to showcase the power of God to the people of that village. None of these believers were fighting for their own agenda or selfish wants. They weren't trying to be esteemed or honored or applauded. They simply wanted the name of their God to be lifted high. And that is the way it must be for every woman who is truly going to showcase the valor and the strength of heaven. So here are some final thoughts that I want to share with you. No matter how weak or timid you may feel or how overwhelming the battles you're facing may seem, Remember and never forget that God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. You do not have to muster up the courage, the willpower, the determination to get through whatever it is that you're going through. You simply need to lay your life, your agenda completely at his feet and say, Lord, I'm weak, but you're strong. Demonstrate and show your strength through me. And probably one of the best stories that we can remember is the story of Peter when he got out of the boat and was walking on the water to Jesus. When his eyes were on Jesus, he could accomplish what was impossible. The power of God was working through him to really perform a miracle. But as soon as his eyes drifted from Jesus and onto the winds and the waves and how big and intimidating they were, he began to sink. So take your eyes off the wind and the waves and the the boasting giants that you may be facing today and fix your eyes upon your mighty God. Let his strength be seen in and through your life and you will be able to be more than a conqueror, no matter what you're facing. If you would like to learn more about how to really build that strong, godly strength in your life and really not just fit Christ into your life, but build your life around him and begin to see his power in your everyday life, I invite you to join us for our online discipleship courses. You can go to setapartgirl.com to learn more about them. But these are monthly courses that I do, and really they dive deeply into the practical way to apply biblical truth to the challenges that you're facing in your daily life. This month, we're doing a course on godly discernment, and we have a lot of courses previous to this month that I think you would find extremely helpful, especially the one on fearless living. So go to setapartgirl.com for more resources and to learn more about our online courses. I pray that you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.